0: Sucker. No, I don't know. Uh, Welcome back to the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. We are the paranormal show that gets you started down those rabbit holes. And sometimes we go down a full rabbit hole, some episodes. Uh, Sometimes we just get you started on some of these crazy cryptids and paranormal events and alien encounters that we have in this world. And we just kind of start you down that rabbit hole. But guess what? Today, you kind of got a full, good, nice, head scratching episode. I gave a preview, got the preview, but first, you know, I have to do the, the one thing that I kind of have a love hate relationship with. And that is that stupid pre-show preamble, um, which is boys and girls. You can go on to Instagram and check us out at the paranormal rabbit hole podcast, all one word, type it in your search bar, go follow us there. We give you updates on the show. Uh, sometimes we talk about things on there. We're going to get to uh, be a little more active on there. But uh, usually right now, it's just for the show to kind of show you guys, hey, this is what's coming up, or this is what the episode is that we have out right now. But check us out there, follow us, start discussions, and tell us some of those cases that you want us, being me, and the team that does research here, which is me and uh, another guy and my wife. That's it, actually, it's just the three of us. Uh, and Sometimes it's just the two of us. But anyways, we do research here and then we kind of just, uh, put out the show. I put out the show because I, you know, I was like, man, I want to do this. This is mine. This is my baby. And, uh, we give you the information that we have available in front of us. Uh, <laughs> you know, just what we've pulled out of the ether. Um, there's a lot of books on this case that we're going to cover today. So we'll get into that. But, um, one thing I do want to say too is that when you go to the bottom of that screen there's five stars down there on on Apple and uh, review leave a review leave five stars uh, really helps us move up the charts gets more listeners and we see you and we see all of our international listeners holy cow wow so we uh we want you to hit that five star throw it in there I hate saying this because it's stupid, but here here's the problem with with that. Is that unless you give a five-star, they count it as a bad show, which is really stupid. But that's it. And that's all anybody cares about is, is, is a five-star. Is, oh, is it a five-star show? No. Oh, why not? Oh, it's four-star. They were just there. Just there. Anyways, uh, but that's the pre-show preamble. Boys and girls, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm feeling a little... Uh, tickling my nose because it was, uh, let's see, what was it last week? Uh, oh yeah. Like 30 freaking degrees here and the Warren and, uh, we got the sniffles. So, uh, probably going to have to be a mouth breather this episode a little bit, but we're here, ready to go. It went from 80 degrees to 30 degrees, like super quick shocking very jarring like i was like oh man i was in shorts yesterday what the heck is this shit what is going on is it a vortex is it a winter vortex yes well kind of uh but no it's just a bunch of cold air came through and man it hit quick everybody's getting sick everybody's dropping like flies technically not but it's kind of like that where we're all just kind of like stuffy nosed and trying to breathe. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> tough go this week, but we're going to power through it. We're going to power through. We're going to talk about, see, I'm already breathing. <laughs> and it's a problem. And I love being able to breathe. I'm going to have to take some Sudafed sometime tonight and and pray that that hits before I get into bed. But we, uh, we got hit with that cold weather, so everybody's sick. So we're going to try. We're going to make it through this episode. But guess what we're talking about this episode because this is a cool episode. This is a weird case. It's a bizarre case. It's one of those cases that when you get to it, it, it the more and more you get into it, it, you can go one way or another with this case, and, and 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 that's that's. But isn't that always the way with every case, Hunter? Yes, it kind of is. Um, uh, it's. It, it's always the case with every paranormal case because you do have to keep an open mind, but at the same time, you have to keep an analytical mind to be like, okay, what could be hoax? What could not be? That's rough. So this story's no different, but it's one of the best paranormal abduction stories that's out there. It's got several books, several, uh, several podcasts have covered this, of course, but it's a very important event and alien abduction. They were probably one of the first huge, big abduction cases ever um, talked about in the United States of America. Betty and Barney Hill. Now, Betty and Barney Hill, they were a very um, socially uh, active couple. They were very much a big part of the uh, Unitarian congregation, the NAACP, uh, the Commission for Civil Rights. There were huge civil rights activists back in the nineteen sixties. Um, now the event happens on nineteen in nineteen sixty one, but they were uh, a post office worker, Barry uh, or Barney, and and Barry, Barney. And I said his name, I said his name two seconds ago. And, and for some reason, Barry just went, Barry, no, wrong, idiot. Be quiet. Uh, Barney Hill was a, a U.S. Post worker. And then Betty was uh, a social worker. So they, they, they were very in the know. And, and, and they're uh, a beautiful interracial couple uh, with their little dog, Delcy. Delcy the Dotson. Um, <laughs> uh, now, Barney Hill was born in, uh, 1922 and he died in 1969 and Betty was, uh, born in 1919 and died in 2004. Um, so she had a very, very long life. She was, uh, 85 when she, when she passed away and Barney was 46. So I'm going to say something preemptive to the ending of this show. And that is that I think these, if, and and I mean this, if true, I think the events that happened to Betty and Barney Hill may have had something to do with him dying at a young age of 46. You know, maybe it had some stress on him. That might be the case here. If This may have put a lot of pressure and stress on him to where it caused his health to decline. I'm not going to say that that's a hundred percent. I'm just saying that I think that deep down he kind of did have, if this did happen, like if you're abducted by aliens, that's going to weigh heavy on your mind. And some people might have a hard time letting that go. So that may have, that may have stressed him out to a point or that may have pushed him to a point where he's always looking over his shoulder and stuff like that. But so we're going to talk about this now. So they lived in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, a social worker and a post office worker, very, very prominent civil rights. As I said, Um, they, Betty had her, Betty had her sister had had an experience with, um, I I can't remember if it was an abduction, but she had seen a flying saucer. So to point this out right ahead, I will say that when Betty found out that her sister had had an incident. Uh it, it 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 does she Betty does admit that she really wanted one to happen. She really wanted to experience the same thing that her sister had had said. So um let, let's let's kind of jump into it. So there uh, a ton of reports. There's, you know, a ton of reports out of books. I'm kind of just going to go over the basics of what happened. They were driving, um, on the night of September 19th, 1961 at 10 30 PM. Uh, they were driving back home from a vacation in Niagara Falls and uh, Montreal. They were just South of Lancaster, New Hampshire, and they were just driving home. They were just talking about the events of the weekend that they had had, uh, talking about their vacation and then driving with their dog. Um, and it, 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 I, I will say this it's not far fetched for if someone were to be out late at night on some of these roads and highways, and if there's nobody else on them, you might be able to see some stuff, man. I mean, th- that, and that's, that's one of my favorite times for things like this to happen, whether it be paranormal, alien, cryptid, ghosts monsters whatever it is it's always when it's an empty highway nobody else is on it with you and you're like it's into it's one of those moments when you if you are one of these people that like a trucker or somebody that sees this while you're traveling overnight on these highways and interstates and things like that you're like oh shit oh did anybody damn it there are no other cars nobody's gonna believe me come on man son of a bitch you're it's always the way where you're like you do something cool and nobody's around to see it. You're like, oh, <laughs> well, we we'll shoot. Well, shit, nobody saw that. Anyway, it was cool. I swear to God, it was cool. I did it. It was a three-pointer. I made it, you know, that that kind of stuff. Um, so, it, but that's not far-fetched. I mean, what better time for aliens to kind of be scoping out the interstates and the highways when they're empty, you know, like, hey, man, this is a really good time to abduct some people barely anybody on the streets. We could take a car. Nobody'd even know it. Nobody'd even know. (laughs) Empty highways, 1030 at night. Let's pick up some humans, abductorinos, you know, stuff like that. That's what the aliens are into. (laughs) So, uh, they were driving home from Niagara Falls in uh, Montreal. They were just South of Lancaster, New Hampshire. When Betty had, uh, observed a bright object observed a bright object. So I'm sorry for those of you who are like, Oh my God, he said it wrong. I can't, oh, I get it. I get it. Sometimes I say words the wrong way and it's terrible. I will correct that. Uh, but it was a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter. Um, and it went f- from those two upward into the Western sky towards the moon. Now, This is all while they're driving on, um, I think it was Route Three. uh, Yes, Route Three. And she thought maybe Betty was like, "Well, shit, we're driving." You know, he he's driving. I don't think he's like sitting there going, "What are you? What are you looking at?" I think he's focusing on driving, and she's seeing this, and she's going, "Okay, weird." So she brushes it off at first for a little bit as a falling star because she's like, "We're moving." it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Let's, let's see what it, what, what it could be. Let's pull over for a bit. No, let's pull over for a bit. And that's when she had noticed when she was wanting to pull over, she, she had thought, let's, you know, let's pull over. It'd be a great time to get the dog out. And she thought, you know what, that upward movement's a little erratic. Let's let the dog go for a walk and let's let's kind of watch this thing. And as she says that, this object gets brighter and starts moving erratically. And so she's like, hey, 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 no, no, come on. Let's do this, let's stop the car. So he stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. So they're on their way home, empty highway, empty interstates, seeing this thing just dip Dipping out and zigzagging. Now, you've got to think, in 1961, they don't have advanced aerial drones like we do. They don't have advanced aerial jets like we do. They didn't have the maneuvers capable. Now, they did have some jet jets. Like This is 1960. So they had jets, but not like we have today that can bank and maneuver with a good, decent amount of speed. They don't have drones that can bank and maneuver like insanely and create shapes of dolphins that swim or dragons in the sky that are drones they didn't have that kind of stuff back in 1961. They had jets, but they weren't like the jets that we have today. They weren't as impressive. They weren't as capable and they, they, they wouldn't move as radically as what we've obviously heard from Congress and these pilots like a uh, Fravor and all those other pilots that were up in Congress and that agent that was up in Congress that these, these alien ships or these f- unidentified aerial phenomenon, if you will, or UFOs, they move erratically. They move super erratically. They move with a speed that we can't imagine. They move with a direction that we can't even imagine. They can go all over the place. They can disappear and reappear 60 miles away. If you see that in 1961, you take notice. It's something like that's something you're going to take notice of. Erratic movement of a bright light in the sky. The luxury liners aren't going to do that. They're not going to move radically. They're going to keep a steady pace. They can't move radically. They're too big. So you sit there, you see this. So they've pulled off now. She's got a pair of binoculars. I, I'm i not too hot on the idea of stopping and and looking at a UFO because I'm kind of be like, oh, let's get out of here. Let's, I don't want to fuck with this fuck around and find out it's got a whole new level for that one. Um and I don't want to deal with that. So, um they're observing it and she's seeing that this thing, no matter what it is, it's 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 crazy. Odd shaped, multicolor lights flashing. It's it's just zip zipping across the face of the moon. Um uh, now again, her sister had seen one years ago. And so she's automatically probably assuming, oh shit, this is what my sister saw. This is what, this is what my sister saw a couple of years ago. She saw a flying saucer. I want to see a flying saucer. So she gave the binoculars to Barney and said, hey, you know, check this out. Now Barney said he observed what he thought was a commercial airliner traveling toward Vermont on its way to Montreal. However, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. Now, automatically, Barney probably went, uh, what the, what is, oh shit, this thing is moving. This thing is booking. So now he's like, "Oh, this is not a this is not a plane. It was if it's traveling like that, it's not going to just drop out of the sky and fly towards me." Uh, so they got back in the car and continued driving um, on the isolated road, moving very slowly uh, through Franconia Notch, uh, just to kind of keep a, an eye on the object uh, as it continued to get closer to them. Uh, at one point, the object passed above a restaurant and a signal tower on top of cannon mountain and came out near the old man of the mountain. Um, now they said that they, that's like 40 to 40 feet, uh, long that, that, that route to take, like to, to, to have gone along that way. Uh, you know, it was 40 feet. So they, they said this thing moved pretty quickly from that to that silent and, Is just zipping back and forth. Um, Now they said the object rapidly descended towards their vehicle about one mile South of Indian head. So they said it came in close and Barney had to stop in the middle of the highway. Uh, The huge silent craft hovered about 80 to a hundred feet above their car, which was a beautiful Chevy Bel Air. Got to love a Bel Air Um, and filled the entire field of view in the windshield so this craft was big enough for them to when they looked through the windshield span across it that's that's pretty big um it's 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 kind of reminiscent of seeing like something from uh close encounters where he you know he's he's in the car and he's in the truck and the the ship hovers above him and hits him with the light hits him with the transmission of, you know, go here, meet us here. We want you to meet us here. They chose him, so, uh, sp- you know, spoilers. No spoilers. But uh, Barney said it reminded him of a huge pancake, and so he got out uh, and carrying a pistol in his pocket, stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Uh, Barney claimed to have seen through the binoculars seven to eight uh, humanoid figures who are peering from the craft's window, seeming to look at him in unison. All but one figure moved in what appeared to be a panel at the rear wall, uh, of the halfway of the hallway that encircled, uh, the first portion of the craft. Um, the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of the observing, observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. So they already had a fashion sense, um, uh, stylish. Now lights and batwing fins began to telescope out of the side of the craft and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. Uh, it approached within 50 feet of the car and, uh, Basically, they 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 said that it kind of floated over, and that's pretty much it. Uh, they said about arriving home at about dawn. The hills stated that they had some odd sensations and impulses that they could not readily explain. Best Betsy, Be- God, my mouth is not won't work with me. Betty. Insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than the main part of the house. Uh, Their watches never worked again. And Barney said the leather strap uh, for the binoculars was torn, although he doesn't remember that happening that night. Uh, The toes to his dress shoes were scraped up. And he said he was compelled to check himself uh, in the bathroom. Um, And then. After that, they took long showers to kind of make sure that they could possibly get rid of any kind of uh, contaminants that were on their body. And then each drew a picture of what they had observed. Now, uh, the Hills tried to reconstruct the, the, the timeline of events as they kind of saw the UFO and drove home, but immediately after they heard uh, the buzzing sounds; their mummy, their memories became a little bit uh, fragmented and, and impaired. Um, so they decided, you know let's let's go to sleep. Uh, now Betty got up a few hours later and uh, put the clothes that were in their luggage. You know, finally put them up and put them in the closet was, you know, loading all the clothing up and unzipping the bag. So, um, when she got to the dress she had worn during the drive, she observed that the dress was torn, uh, at the hem zipper and lining later, she retrieved the items from her closet and noted a pinkish powder on her dress. So after a while of sitting in the closet, she pulled it out and there was some kind of weird mildewy powder on her dress. Uh, she hugged the dress on the clothesline and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. Um, so she threw it away, but then changed her mind saying that uh, she might want to hold on to it to, you know, for any kind of analysis, maybe in the future. She just decided, you know, this is a bad idea to just throw this away. Let's keep this. Uh, there were shiny concentric circles on their car's trunk that had not been there before. And they experimented one of the compass noting that uh, when they moved it close to anywhere near those little, uh, circles, it would just kind of go out of control and start spinning crazily. Uh, but moving it away, it would be fine. So they, they did an ICAP report, which is, that's a, a, a UFO, uh, group kind of like MUFON and, Oh, what was the other one? Uh, I can't remember. There, there are quite there are f- quite a few. Uh, Bufo, I think, is one of them. Uh, but NICAP, MUFON, uh, just there are several UFO organizations. But they did make a report to the to NICAP, and they did make a report to Air Force after. Uh, but after that, Betty began having like crazy dreams, uh, and she stated that it was very intense and very detailed. Um, and she remembers going through a lot of things. Um, she, she had to kind of talk to Barney because she started writing down details and she was like, okay, this is kind of weird. It's me and you and we're in a car and we encounter a roadblock with men who surround the car um and and it's kind of trying trying to come back to her that she's it, it's strange it's 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 bizarre. it doesn't it doesn't seem to make sense of why she's having these dreams, you know, uh, then she had a dream of of waking up and Barney was sleepwalking and that she was surrounded by these men in uniforms and caps that looked like military men, uh, um, that they appeared human. So things started to make sense. And Betty was like, okay, we're starting to get, I'm starting to get a little bit clear on what happened that night. I think something else happened to us. So she starts putting the pieces together. Um, and they go and having kind of, gotten interested these uh these two men who who tried to help them, Jackson and uh Holman, they both said, Hey, let's get you in front of some speech therapists. Let's get you in here and and see what we can do. Because Webb had gotten them interested in this. Webb had, you know, interviewed them and said, hey, I think this is legit. I think these people were abducted. Let's talk to them. you know they brought up their point of missing time um, and, and that played a lot into what Betty was dreaming about. you know it played in a lot into her dreams were kind of showing her what had happened. She was starting to piece it together in her subconscious, through her dreams that something's not right here. we didn't just see this ship and go home. There was a lot a lot more that happened. So she went into, with Barney, hypnosis. Now, at first, Barney wanted nothing to do with this. He said he didn't really care about it, and then she finally convinced him. So while under hypnosis, he reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving away from the UFO, but afterward he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He sighted six men standing on a dirt road Uh, The car stalled, and the men approached the car. Barney described beings generally similar to uh, what Betty says in her hypnotic session. Uh, They stared at him with terrifying, mesmerizing effect, like he was under hypnosis again. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not going to lie to you guys. These sessions are recorded. They are on YouTube, or they were, uh, I don't know if they'll, I mean, I don't see why anybody would tear them down. Uh, but these sessions are on YouTube. <sighs> Barney's is a little disturbing, which convinces me that he. I, I don't really believe in hypnotism, but the way that this guy reacts to this shit is so kind of horrifying, but not horrifying. It's not horrifying in the way you, you know you go, oh my God, that's horrifying. Like, you know, vicious crime. It's horrifying in the way that you hear his emotions and his terror, that kind of horrifying. Uh, listen at your own risk. Uh, if you have kids and you're in the car with them while you're listening to this and you want to go check it out, don't, uh, do the kids that service, <laughs> you know, uh, or do, you know, who cares? It's your kids. Uh, but don't, <laughs> I wouldn't, Um uh, not until they're a little older, but he, he, I mean, he screams, he says that he, you know, they took him and they put him on a, a table. They were talking to him from it, it mentally through like telepathy. Um, I had a hard time putting that up. Uh, but you know, he talked about just seeing their eyes and how they were, you know, take, they, they took, uh, he, he said they took samples from his, male genitalia and, uh, his dick and balls. They took, uh, they took some samples from his old junk, the the family jewels, the I'll stop. (laughs) They, they took some samples. The aliens did that kind of, that's why he was compelled to check his body. So just a lot of strange things were happening to him and he was not really feeling good about it. He was kind of, you know, freaking out. Uh, and that's kind of what he goes through. Now, again, again, they were speaking to him through his mind. So they were using telepathy. They were taking samples of his body. I mean, they took, he says he, he, in this, in the, he talks about what they did to him in this, uh, hypnosis session that's recorded. And it's kind of brutal, like not brutal. I shouldn't say brutal. It's kind of Terrifying to to hear and think, oh, well, if you're strapped to a table and you can't move and this is what's happening to you, how terrifying would that be? This terrifying. So, we get with those tapes. If you're, you know, if you're able to and you want to listen to them, check them out. I suggest it, but not around kids, but give them a listen because it's, it's terrifying. It is very jarring to hear this guy like just screaming like that and be ready for it. So, anyways, um, So now stick with me here, because now we're going to get into Betty's. Now, Betty's is a little bit different. Betty's Betty's way of remembering it is is different because different things happened to her. Barney's was a little bit more terrifying. Betty's had a little bit of a, a, a calmness to it, if you will. So she said that Betty's account was kind of similar. She said it was her her the way it happened to her was very similar to her dreams um now when she had gotten on the ship they did the same kind of things to her now she did also say that they took her aside they the aliens took her and they took her aside and said you know hey you now come with us we have things to show you and they you know they showed her a bunch of different things a a ton of stuff you know them being out in you know space and being on the ship all of all of what they're doing and they said that she said well they said she says that eventually they took her to this room and they showed her this star map and the star map that they showed her was zeta reticuli she says it's it's you know, that's the they the the name of the system is the Zeta reticuli system. So they took her on board the UFO, tested her, did all these tests on her. Messed up her clothes, messed up his shoes, uh, stole the semen, took note, God knows what from her, and then took her around and showed her this star map of their system called the Zeta Reticuli system, and said, "This is where we are from. This is you know." And of course, they always had that that there was there's some people that say, "Oh, well, they told her you know if you guys don't fix this up, it's gonna be bad." The typical, you know, you're doing something wrong. Uh, you need to reverse course. So, now they went back to the regular lives, but Betty kept wanting to kind of get this discussed. Now, it, it said that Barney was kind of just like kind of impartial to it. He went along with it because he loved his wife, and he was like, you know, I, I'll do this because I love her, but it's not what I want. I want. Uh, she she kind of went on and talked about it more and became much more of a celebrity com- in the, in the community. Um, uh, now he did a course by dive a brain bleed again. What if, <laughs> what if uh, now the star map itself is pretty amazing. There's a lot to get into there. Um, majority fish uh, uh, was a, elementary school teacher and an amateur astronomer she kind of fell in love with the star map uh and wanted to decipher where it came from and she's kind of the one that was like oh well this is this is the zeta reticuli system so um it it's she communicated with Webb. she went over a lot of things with him that's a whole other story. The Zeta Reticuli map, the whole thing is kind of interesting. But a lot of people, of course, said this kind of wonky donkey. Um, maybe it was false memories. Maybe it's sleep deprivation. Maybe it's, you know, they may have been misperceiving an aircraft with warning beacons uh, on on the mountain. And thought that they were seeing a UFO because they were so tired. They were coming back from this trip and it was such a long journey and they were so tired. Maybe they, I mean, you're not, they, a lot of people, do, they dog on them because for one, they're like, oh, well, your sister saw a UFO and all of a sudden now you want to see one. And now you see one and there's this big story to it. And of course, that's with anything. And I will say this, anything paranormal, there's a possibility that that skeptics are going to dog on you. Actually. There's an eighty nine percent chance that skeptics will dog on you because people need a, some people need a lot to convince them of certain things. Some people need a lot to show that they are. There's something strange like that in this world right now, and it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see. I mean, heck, there there are several videos around the internet of of strange things like floating clouds that are on the ground zipping around like a little RC car. There are people who sell supposed haunted dolls. And I think that's interesting, like a haunted doll. It's got the spirit and a spirit inside of it. That's something different. That's crazy. Skeptics, they're gonna go, oh, okay, come on, man. Yeah, I think you're just buying something that looks like that, and somebody's claiming it is, and you're just wanting to believe so bad. But hey, what's wrong? What's wrong with believing? It's like religious, you know. People don't don't dog on religious people because of what they believe. Let them believe what they believe. It's that's it. You know, I, I just just leave it be. But there, there are still those people that are going to be out there. This is a hoax. They were never really abducted. They were just claiming this because she's her sister wanted it. They wanted the attention because of this, or they wanted the attention because they thought it would help their you know uh, civil uh, civil rights campaigns. They wanted this kind. of... I mean, honestly, if I'm a human being that's trying to convince other people that hey, you should be kind to everybody, civil rights, everybody deserves equal you know equal rights, equal pay, equal justice, and all this. If I'm trying to convince somebody that. My cause is legitimate. I'm not going to go, I was abducted by aliens. Civil rights, mother lover. That's not going to help your cause if you say, I was abducted by aliens. No, that's the people are going to go, they're crazy. They're, dude, I mean, first, they're civil rights activists. And this is 1961. You have to remember the time period. There were still a lot of racist people around back then. So they're going to go, man, they're civil rights activists. Oh, man. And they believe in aliens. These people are crazy. Oh, I ain't going to help them. Those people are psychotic. All that kind of stuff. There's a big kind of red flag right there if, you know, your cause is civil rights and you start talking about UFOs. So that doesn't help you. That doesn't help your civil rights campaign. That hinders it. So the fact that they're talking about it and it has that possibility to hinder it kind of lends credence to them telling the truth you know but again you have you still have to come with skeptical eyes i tend to think that that that, that kind of legitimizes it for me because it's like why would you risk your your civil rights careers to tell the alien story when you know you're a civil rights activist if you want to be taken seriously in that time period as a civil rights activist telling the world you got abducted doesn't help your case unless it really happened if it really happened then yeah guess what these people are civil rights activists and they got abducted by aliens. Why would they tell that story? It would, in, in that time period, it would hinder them and hinder their efforts. So there makes no sense to why they would lie about that. So I have to defend the hills on this, one, on this hill, bad pun intended, because they had nothing to gain by telling their story, especially in this time period where skepticism, while UFOs were big in the 50s and 60s, skepticism is still high skepticism of ufo abductions is still high and i think this was actually one of the first american cases of an abduction so again it's just crazy to think that they would risk their civil rights careers and standings by telling an alien story if it were a hoax because then people wouldn't trust them that would damage their careers that would damage their standing in the communities And it would be bad as a whole. So there's nothing to gain by telling telling people. So I believe that something happened to them. I believe something happened because again, what was there to be gained? What is there to be gained by them telling this story in their time period with what they are trying to do? Nothing. They would be looked at and laughed at and their struggles would be laughed at too because people wouldn't take them seriously. That is That is why I kind of feel like this alien abduction and I'm not an alien guy. You all know that I really, I'm not an, I believe in aliens guy. I'm a maybe, but this pushes me to think a little stronger towards the aliens, are real kind of scenario, because like I said, why risk everything you're trying to do and stand for in your social community, helping all these people, why risk that help? And that kind of people taking you serious in that arena for this, Why? What is there to gain? Nothing. So there's nothing to gain by them doing this. There's everything to lose by them doing this, which makes them more credible. Therefore, I think that this event actually happened. I mean, I actually can stand behind this and go, "Yes, I believe they saw something. I believe they experienced something." Now, could they make it up? Absolutely. I also believe that. I believe that it could be a great made-up story because she heard her sister saw UFO and she wanted to have the same kind of experience to talk about because it's that's interesting. In some circles, that's super interesting. In all the right circles, it's really interesting. People want to know about that. People are curious about outer space and aliens and things like that. They're curious about, curious and and so again, I say and push that the Hills actually saw something. They actually experienced a paranormal event, alien abduction possibly. We'll see, but nonetheless, boys and girls, that's it for this episode. Betty and Barney Hill is in the bag. Uh, I did want to kind of, like I said before, when I talked about them, I said, I want to go deeper into this story. When I brought up alien and alien abductions in our first episodes and, and I stuck with my guns and said, I'm going to do that. So I'm very happy, very, very happy that I went back and did this because it was, you know, there's a lot more to it that one that I wanted to get into and deep dive into better as the evidence end of it. Like I did at the end. That ending was what I intended because it is just so wild of a story, and and it it, it does. I mean, he was, and you hear the hip the hypnotist hypnosis tapes. <sighs> I mean, that's very convincing. It's very credible. So go check it out yourself, though, guys. Go check it out on YouTube again. Don't listen to those in front of kids because Barney's is kind of jarring. Again, it's not like it's not like oh my god, I can't listen to this ever. It's not like the Grizzly Man getting attacked, which a uh, dark humor. I'll get into that whole thing later. At some point, uh, somebody, you know what, if we ever do a meetup, somebody asked me about the grizzly man, Warner Herzog thing. I'll tell you, uh, my dark humor. Anyways, all that just to say boys and girls, that's it. This is another episode done. Thank you for listening. Thank you from my international listeners. We love seeing you. We love that you're enjoying the show. Thank you to my American listeners and thank you to Ohio. You guys are a big number of my listeners. Thank you so much, Ohio. Keep it weird, keep it strange. I need to come visit you guys. I love Ohio. You guys are great. Uh I will pick on you though. I pick on you because I love you because you're a great paranormal state. You're great for paranormal stuff. You're great for weird stuff. You guys are octomand up and I love it. Let's do it. Let's let's see each other paranormally. Uh, but other than that boys and girls we love all of the states that listen and all the international listeners we love you all thank you so much for making this possible for making me be able to do this and bring this podcast to you without you guys i am nothing the paranormal rabbit hole is nothing without you and us together as one uh we are venom there you go thank you for coming down this paranormal rabbit hole with me boys and girls enjoy your night stay spooky